This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Uh, remember the Trump-Ukraine uh, impeachment hoax? Remember that disaster? Remember the list? The list I was on, uh, the monitoring of my social media list, and everybody told their, uh, everybody on the left said, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. These people are all nuts. Well, we've been vindicated. We've also been vindicated that the Trump impeachment hoax was another disaster, and that Trump was actually onto something when he was looking into what happened in Ukraine. I'm going to get to that. GoFundMe blows it again. Get away from these platforms. Facebook, big news on Facebook. Facebook's in trouble, too. Give you a quick plan to turn it around if they'd listen. Jen Psaki's logic on the debt. And, uh, of course, we can't do a show today without discussing what happened over at CNN. Supposedly still claiming to be ridiculously a news network. That's kind of hilarious. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe. Let's go, Daddy. And away we go. Yes, Joe, sir. Yes, Joe has been uh, very muted over the last few days. Muted. Due to my, uh, my yes, my, my, my nasal issues with this head thing. But like I said, I feel pretty good. I'm ready to rock and roll today. A lot of stuff going on. Just respect. Yeah, thank yeah. you, man. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> I love this. All right, I want to play this first. So a, 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 I don't know how this story wasn't the opening story on every media outlet in the country. Let me sum it up for you in a nutshell. Many of you already know the details, but Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, was hired by a gas company in Ukraine. The gas company was under investigation for corruption. The investigation magically went away when Hunter Biden was hired by the gas company in that time frame, right? <clears throat> Money was seized from that gas company because of corruption. Hunter Biden got hired by this Ukrainian gas company despite no experience in Ukraine and no experience we know of in gas. Matter of fact, no relevant experience whatsoever to the operation. Companies accused of corruption, hires the vice president's uh, kid, all of a sudden, corruption goes away. And the vice president at the time, Joe Biden, is the point man in Ukraine. Sound kind of shady? Sounds shady to me. Apparently <laughs> doesn't sound shady if you were a Democrat. Now, the ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, Marie Yovanovitch at the time um, <clears throat> was apparently aware of what was going on with Hunter Biden getting hired by this Ukrainian gas company. And I exposed this scandal along with many others, John Solomon, Sarah Carter, and many others who said, hey, what exactly did Marie Yovanovitch know when she was the ambassador to Ukraine about Hunter Biden's lucrative position over there? Well, because of that, I was put on one of Marie Yovanovitch's lists, lists to watch my social media posts using taxpayer dollars. This was exposed by Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch. Here, I want you to watch this. Check this out. Prior to being recalled as ambassador to Ukraine, she reportedly created a list of individuals who were to be monitored via social media and other means. So essentially what was going on is she wanted this list monitored using the key terms I'm talking about. So if she wanted to monitor someone like me, she would say, okay, every time Tom Fitton uses the phrase uh, Giuliani, Soros, Biden, or Yanovich, uh, I, you know, generate information, monitor, keep a track of it. 
The problem is that's in violation of the law. It's the Privacy Act that's being violated. The United States government cannot be creating files on you willy-nilly. Ukrainian embassy staff, Ukraine embassy staff, I guess we're not allowed to say Ukraine, well, I don't know. Ukraine embassy staff made the request to the Washington, D.C. headquarters office of the department's Bureau of European and Eurasian Affairs. After several days, Yovanovitch's staff was informed the request was illegal and the monitoring either ceased or was concealed via the State Department's Global Engagement Center, which supposedly has looser restrictions. I don't believe that's true. The law still governs that. So there was a little list. Gee, this is pre-your time, but Joe's very familiar with this. Remember the list, Joe? We were all called conspiracy theorists and nuts. So just to be clear, we were following the corruption in Ukraine, the hiring of Joe Biden's kid to make these charges disappear, right? Hunter, the hiring of Hunter by this Ukrainian gas company. The Ukrainian ambassador, Marie Yovanovitch, once we expose this scandal, me, John Solomon, and others, apparently has a list to monitor our social media posts. Why would an ambassador paid for by your tax dollars in Ukraine be preoccupied with little old me? I thought I was a conspiracy theorist. I thought it was all a hoax. I thought all my books on the topic including Follow the Money, the book where I exposed this thing. I thought it was all crazy conspiracy theory stuff that we should all just right over the head. So if it was all a conspiracy theory, why were you watching me? You doubt I was on that list? You should doubt everything. I back it up with receipts. Here's a report John Solomon put together in September of 2020. Enemies list? The State Department monitored 13 American social media in a possible legal violation. The government can't just, as Tom Fitton said, willy-nilly put together watch lists to start watching people and monitoring people's activities using taxpayer dollars. Marie Ivanovich in her off-duty time wants to monitor my public posts on social media. You go right ahead. Using taxpayer dollars to do it? Eh. John says, in addition to the Fox hosts, This reporter talking about himself, the president's son and the president's personal lawyer, the other figures whose social media were targeted were Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton, who you just heard, radio host and former White House advisor Sebastian Gorka, One America News personality Jack Posobiec, and Fox News personality Sarah Carter and Dan Bongino, yours truly. So I was on their little watch list there. What were they worried about? I thought it was a big hoax and a conspiracy theory. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here's what they were worried about. An explosive new email was released that we got a hold of yesterday. And John Solomon's reporting. The email is about as troubling an email you're ever going to see. It's not only troubling because of what it reveals. It's troubling because it was apparently, according to multiple sources up on Capitol Hill, it was apparently hidden from the Republicans during the Trump impeachment hoax hearing. Here's the article. It's in my newsletter today. Please read it. Bongino.com slash newsletter if you'd like to sign up. It's free, of course. Classified State Department email declared Hunter Biden undercut U.S. efforts in Ukraine. It was withheld from the public for five years, and it conflicts with Democrats' official narrative that the president's son had no impact on U.S. anti-corruption efforts in Ukraine. Here's the email in question. This is from Marie Ivanovich, the ambassador's deputy chief of mission, George Kent. George Kent knew what was going on here, that they hired Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's kid, while Biden's in charge of Ukraine for the Obama administration to make this corruption case go away for Burisma. Quote from the email George Kent sent to multiple people in the State Department that we just got a hold of. Solomon did. He says, quote, the real issue to my mind was that someone in Washington needed to engage Vice President Biden quietly and say that his son Hunter's presence on the Burisma board undercut the anti-corruption message, the vice president, and we were advancing in Ukraine, George Kent wrote to multiple high-ranking officials in the State Department in Washington. Ladies and gentlemen, any illusions the media may have had that our Ukrainian embassy wasn't concerned about Hunter Biden being hired to make a problem going away, go away because of his connections to his father Vice President Biden, you can now throw those in the garbage. Everything we've been telling you on this show, again, that is accused almost daily of misinformation. It's really odd, don't you think, Joe, how our misinformation 
uh, metamorphosizes into facts while the leftist media information metamorphosizes into misinformation. Kind of weird, right? Quite strange, Dan. Quite strange. Quite strange, as he well knows. We've only been talking about this and the list. Now you see why we were monitored? It goes on. Was there a bribe paid and how much? From Solomon's piece, George Kent, again, Yovanovitch, the ambassador's deputy, even relayed to higher-ups that he'd confirmed with a Ukrainian prosecutor, Ukrainian prosecutors, that Burisma officials had paid a $7 million bribe to make one of the cases against the company disappear. The bribe was allegedly paid at a time when Hunter Biden was serving on the Burisma board, a job that landed Biden's firm more than $3 million from the Ukrainian energy company. Only sounds like one of the biggest political scandals of our time, yet really weird how you're not hearing about it on TV anywhere, right? Really strange. How me, Sarah Carter, Solomon... Gorka, Jack Posobiec, Tom Fitton. And we were all monitored on a list by some of the same people who were tied up in this thing. Strange, huh? <clears throat> we're all called conspiracy theorists. Now, this would have been a very helpful email during the Trump impeachment hoax, where it was alleged that Trump tried to cut a deal with the Ukrainian president for in information on the Biden family. Now it seems awfully strange because it seems like some of that information on the Biden family was of interest to the United States of America, potential bribes being paid and an influence operation to the former vice president of the United States. This would have been a really helpful email to have, don't you think? I'm just going to throw that out there. Here's the third part to Solomon's piece. Republican Jim Jordan, the ranking member on the House Government Oversight and Reform Committee, played a key role in defending uh, Trump in the 2020-19-2020 Ukraine impeachment scandal. He told Just the News Tuesday night that the lawmakers and Trump's defense team were not given the George Kent email, as best he could tell. That would have been really helpful, wouldn't it? Yeah. Now, if you'll remember the Trump impeachment hoax, here was George Kent. George Kent was asked by the uh, one of the lawyers working for the GOP defense, he was asked if he could name one qualification Hunter Biden had to be on this board, the board that's alleged to have paid a $7 million bribe to make charges go away while Joe Biden was the point man on Ukraine and Burisma was in Ukraine hiring Biden's son. George Kent has a really interesting answer as he rattles off a list of wonderful qualifications Hunter Biden had for this job. Just kidding. He had none. Here, check it out. So Hunter Biden's added to the board of Burisma. Now, do you think that creates a, a, a problem that Burisma may be adding people to its board for protection purposes? Uh, sir, I work for the government. I don't work in the corporate sector. And so I believe that companies build their boards uh, with a variety of reasons, uh, not only to promote their business plans. Was, was Hunter Biden a, a corporate governance expert? I have no idea what Hunter Biden studied at university or what his CV says. Like, is he the, the Jeffrey Sonnenfeld of, of the Ukraine? Uh, I have no uh, awareness or knowledge of what his background was and what he may have done on the board of okay, So you don't know whether he has any um, business experience in Ukraine prior to joining Burisma's board? I, I've heard nothing about prior experience. Okay. No. Do you know if he speaks Ukrainian? I do not. Do you know if he uh, possesses any other element other than the fact that he is the son of, at the time, the sitting vice president? I do not. Okay. Ambassador Taylor, do you know whether Hunter Biden offers anything other than the fact that his dad's the former vice president? I, I don't. Or at the time was the vice president? I have no knowledge of uh, Hunter Biden. Weird, huh? Son of the sitting vice president hired by a natural gas company alleged to have paid a bribe to make a corruption charge go away after Hunter Biden gets a seat on their board and's paid a whole lot of money. Really strange. Ambassador over there puts us on a watch list to monitor our social media or tries to using taxpayer dollars. Really strange how we were the ones called the conspiracy theorists. And yet Marie Ivanovich and George Kent and others seem to have skated completely. You're not wasting your time here, folks. Let me tell you something with absolute sincerity. It's been a rough couple of days for me here. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. We are in a war here for free speech, a war. I'll never let you down. I'll get some things wrong. We'll correct it because we're not journalists, <clears throat> thankfully. 
But I promise you, if you've been listening to this show for the past five years, you've not been wasting your time. I got from a very reliable source very early on that Marie Ivanovich knew what was going on, that George Kent knew what was going on, and they ignored it. And instead of uh, calling this BS out, they decided to attack Donald Trump in an impeachment hearing. Just disgraceful. Just disgraceful. All right. Um, <clears throat> let me get to the second story here. I got to move on. I've got a lot to get to today. Ladies and gentlemen, I have preached to you the, uh, the need and the necessity for a parallel economy. And I want to be crystal clear. The idea of building a parallel economy, um, is, I wish it weren't necessary. It is a necessary idea. We are being, in the economy we have now, conservatives are becoming second-class citizens. We're not allowed to speak. We're not allowed to engage in commerce. It has gotten ridiculous. I've got a number of stories I want to get to here, but the need to construct a parallel economy, like I've taken a lead role in doing, is now, a, it's, it's an absolute necessity. So we say it's not necessarily a good idea. It is a necessary idea. I really wish we as liberals and conservatives could just agree to engage in commerce and not worry about politics when purchasing products or services. Those days are over. You know, let me get to my, um, my second sponsor because I want to run through this quick. There's a number of stories about Facebook, GoFundMe, YouTube, Airbnb, all of them, all leftist companies. Get away from these companies immediately. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate mega stores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. So uh, Post Millennial has a piece up. I, again, I can't warn you in strong enough terms to quickly and as soon as possible evacuate these left-wing platforms and start seeking out alternatives. I'm working on alternatives to many of them. Many of them I already have. If you're using Stripe or any of these other left-wing payment processing companies, come over to us, please. We'd love to have you. Your choice, obviously, of course. I have ParallelEconomy.com. ParallelEconomy.com. I would get away from these payment processes on the other side. You may find yourself canceled one day, not with us. ParallelEconomy.com. Check it out. Working on an alternative to this too, GoFundMe. <clears throat> Post-millennial. You know the Canadian truckers? Well, breaking. The Canadian Freedom Convoy's GoFundMe page is now under review after raising over $10 million. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a left-wing platform, and this was only one of many stories yesterday. Speaking of the growing power and tyranny of these existential threats to freedom and liberty, these companies. And yes, there was a Wall Street Journal article critiquing the overuse of the term existential the other day. In this case, I believe it is entirely appropriate. There is no way to have a free and prosperous constitutional republic moving forward when only one side, liberal freaking lunatics, are allowed to are, are allowed to um uh to, to uh are allowed to engage in commerce and are allowed to engage in in political discussion and political dialogue. You can't have a constitutional republic that way. That's not the way it works. You can't have fifty percent of the country dismissed from the economy and political dialogue casually as if they don't matter. You can't have it, and it's happening right now. You can't raise money. So just to be clear, you can raise money for BLM and the Minnesota Freedom Fund to let Antifa thugs who, who attacked people and burned businesses down. You can raise money no problem through various platforms. But you try to raise money for a freedom convoy and it's, quote, under review. GoFundMe is a disgrace. I'm working on an alternative. It's a disgrace. GoFundMe. Do not use this disastrous platform. News yesterday about Michelle Malkin. Michelle Malkin, conservative commentator. Her and her husband. Did you read this story? According to some reports, were banned from using Airbnb. Fascinating. Now it's not just conservatives, it's conservative spouses too. What's next? As Michelle notes, her kids, her uncle, her dog banned from the pound, her dog banned from an overnight uh, hosting service. What's next? 
You think this is a joke? I told you yesterday, you darn well better pick a side, ladies and gentlemen. I have no sympathy for these jerks on the other side either. You want to fire Whoopi Goldberg, Brian Stelter, Jeff Zucker? You go right ahead. I couldn't care any less. Fire them, don't fire them. Not my business. I don't care. You like the new rules? You can eat them. You can choke on those new rules yourself. That's not it. There's more. Reclaim the Nets reporting about YouTube. Shutting down popular streams, apparently for conservatives. Reporting on the uh, Freedom Convoy and the truckers. Of course, totally unsurprising, YouTube banned me for telling you the scientific truth about masks. YouTube is a subsidiary of Google, Alphabet, the parent company. Google is, again, an existential threat to freedom and liberty. This is a company that cannot coexist with a free constitutional republic. They cannot. They are repellents for each other. And something needs to be done immediately. And it is one of the few conditions I would ever consider running again is to make sure that these companies stop violating the law and stop violating the Constitution. Another story yesterday, Facebook stock takes a huge dump down roughly 20%. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a wipeout. Why does this story matter? Because you would think the left that tried to manipulate Facebook for a long time for their purposes, you would think you could please the left. But showing how Spotify, when they put out a statement saying, we're going to put a label on COVID episodes, showing how you can never appease totalitarian tyrants. Like the, I want to say something now, so bad. I, we really need one day, we really need to do an uncensored episode of this show. I'm Because so, I really want to say something. Showing you how you can never appease these losers on the left. Still going after Spotify. Facebook is doing their best to censor my page. There will be massive fact checks coming after this. You watch fact checks on opinions. It'll be all nonsense. Facebook's down 20%. Go to, go to social media. Go to Twitter. Put Facebook in. What's trending? Delete Facebook. Who's sponsoring most of the posts? Or putting, I should say, putting up most of the posts? Lefties. Facebook does everything in their power to censor conservatives, and the left still isn't happy. If this isn't a lesson, for you morons out there in these tech companies, I don't know what is. They will never be happy. Ever. All right. <clears throat> kind of hot today on a lot of these topics, as you can imagine. You know, Jen Psaki is a consistent source of embarrassment for the United States of America. She goes up to the podium and in the most condescending, uh, irresponsible tones ever, Jen Psaki insults most of America with her constant lying her litany of lies, and her gaslighting. Uh, her, Jen Psaki's logic trains that she uses, too, are so preposterous that sometimes I have to play them for you to get you to understand how ridiculous this person is and how serious people are now laughing at her. Here's Jen Psaki yesterday. Our national debt crossed $30 trillion. $30 trillion yesterday. By any measure, a catastrophic number. It is now surpassed what our GDP is going to be, okay? It surpassed it. We owe more money than the United States produces in productivity, gross domestic productivity in a given year, right? That's how much money we owe. What is it, $90,000 for every taxpayer or citizen? Uh, forgive me, I'm not even sure. It's so bad, we, you lose grasp of how much money we actually owe. So because this happened under Biden's watch, and I want to be clear, Republicans contributed to this too. Don't give them a pass. They spent money we didn't have as well. I want you to listen to this soundbite. So what Saki's saying here in this soundbite, just to be clear, is when the government spends money, like in the Build Back Better plan, you pay for it via your tax dollars. That's what, means, that's what paid for means, right? And then she goes on to say that tax cuts where you're giving back your own money, that you pay for those too. Huh? So you pay for government spending, which is accurate by taxes. And then she goes on to blame the Trump tax cuts for that, saying they weren't paid for. So when you're giving your money back, you pay for that too? How is that? Either you're giving the government money or you're not. How is that? Listen to this dopey logic train. And again, moron reporters don't call her out on this. 
Here, check this out. Yesterday, the national debt uh, passed $30 trillion for the first time. Does the administration see that as a problem, or do you share the view of some economists that debt doesn't matter? Well, um, the president believes we need to have a sustainable and responsible fixed fiscal policy, which is why he put forward ways to pay for his major proposals. He's committed to a sustainable and responsible policy in ensuring that our long-term investments are fully paid for, like Build Back Better. I'd also note that um, this stands in significant contrast from the previous administration and Republicans in Congress, which passed a $1.5 trillion tax cut for wealthy taxpayers in 2017 and didn't pay for it. As we look to the debt, which obviously the the president wants to be lower. It's important to note that more than 95% of the national debt was incurred before he took office. The national debt increased by $7.8 trillion during uh, former President Trump's presidency, which accounts for about 30% of its total. So uh, we are working to address, we are working to be fiscally responsible, and that certainly is a priority to the president. You get the logic there? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of head scratching going on with that one. Um, so when the government spends money and they tax you, you pay for it. Okay. But when a tax cut is enacted, meaning you keep some of the money you just gave to the government or were going to give to government, you pay for that too. <clears throat> if that makes sense to you, you're probably a liberal. If it doesn't make sense to you and you're scratching your head, you're probably a sane person and not a crazy person. Now, the national debt at $30 trillion, is we're not going to be able to pay this back. So who's about to get screwed here if we don't change course immediately? Immediately. First, bondholders, people who lent the government money, because you're just not going to get the money back or you're going to get back a number of, uh, you're going to get back a certain number of dollars that buy you less than the dollars you lent to the government initially, meaning you got screwed. Second, seniors, seniors are going to get screwed because you're owed a whole bunch of money for Social Security you paid into that you are never going to get back because the government took your Social Security money and spent it. I'm very sorry. To relay to you that inconvenient fact, but it is one. The government doesn't have any money to pay you. They are borrowing money to pay you. And sooner or later, they're going to run out of people to borrow money from. And then what's going to happen? You're going to be in a really bad place. And I genuinely wish that weren't the case, but it is. Japan and China both get screwed. I don't really care much about China, but Japan's lent us a lot of money. in The uh, trillion dollar range. Yeah, they're probably not going to get that back either. And debtors are going to get screwed, too. People who owe money as interest rates spike when no one lends us money anymore. You're going to get screwed as well. Um, debtors, people who owe money because interest rates are going to be through the roof and it's going to be very hard uh, for you to accumulate debt and maintain that debt at these massive interest rates. But don't let economics get in the way of a good Jen Psaki speech. She'll sit there and tie you into a logical pretzel like, wait, the government spends money. I pay for it. But I spend my own money and I pay for it too. That's kind of weird. Doesn't make sense to me. It's not supposed to. You're not a crazy person like Jen Psaki. All right. Here's what I got coming up next. This is this is pretty funny. I'm not into like the comic relief stuff and I don't like pylons, but in this case, it's worth it. So CNN, which purports to be hilariously purports to be a news network. I mean, no one actually believes that anymore. CNN has gone about zero days without another scandal. Their uh, president stepped down. Zucker, he's supposed to be having some kind of thing with this lady there. I don't really even care, folks, about their stupid scandals. He didn't tell people about the thing. So who's the CNN coffee boy for Zucker? Stelter. Stelter is Zucker's buddy. It's the only reason this entirely incompetent buffoon who would be a, a coffee-fetching zero at any other network on planet Earth has a show that nobody watches. It's the only reason. There is not a bigger loser in the media than Brian Stelter. And a man, by the way, don't believe the hype that by most CNN personalities, when you put a beer in them, will tell you is one of the most hated men in media, Brian Stelter. I'll show you next coming up. He jumps on someone's show and she looks just thrilled that he's there to defend Jeff Zucker. Don't miss this video. You got to watch it on Rumble. You can hear it too, but please watch it on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. Thank you. We added 50,000 new subscribers in the last couple of days. Thank you. Please be one of them. Rumble.com slash Bongino. It's all free. All right. I want you to watch this. So again, I told you about what happened with the CNN president. It's the charges that he was having some thing relationship with a subordinate employee that he didn't come clean with. Ladies and gentlemen, there is likely a significant backstory here. Um, it is not uncommon in the media and any network anywhere 
uh, for people to have relationships with people at the media company. And, you know, let's just be candid. You can read the stories yourself. That's not news. So why Jeff Zucker from CNN would step aside for having a relationship with this woman at CNN um, is a little weird and says to me that there's probably something else going on. And the fact that this woman used to work for Andrew Cuomo, whose brother was Chris Cuomo at CNN, <clears throat> makes me wonder after Chris Cuomo was fired, does Chris Cuomo have some information about Zucker, this woman who used to work for his brother, that Chris Cuomo is using as leverage? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But for him to, to resign for this seems awfully strange. Now, again, one of the most untalented men in media, Brian Stelter, is well known to have his position because of his connection with Jeff Zucker, right? Here he is, jumps on, uh, was it Kate Baldwin's show yesterday? I'm not sure who it is, right? CNN. I want you to watch this. Watch how thrilled, hat tip Drew Hernandez, where I saw this on his social feed. Watch how thrilled she looks that Jeff Zucker's relief pitcher, Brian Stelter, comes out of the bullpen to try to defend him after the story broke. Look at her face. This is hilarious. Check this out. Joining me now is CNN chief media correspondent, host of Reliable Sources, Brian Stelter. Brian, what more do you have? As you said, Kate, Zucker's been a larger-than-life figure at this news organization for nearly a decade, a pioneering figure. And now his resignation is stunning. This newsroom, Kate, we both know uh, he, uh, Jeff Zucker has been the rock for this organization. The last few days, he has not been on the morning editorial calls. Uh, some people even noticed and wondered uh, if something was amiss. I don't think anybody uh, saw this coming this morning, an announcement like this. But I think if Zucker was on that call this morning, I know what he'd say. He'd say, what's important at CNN? is not the person at the top, it's the, the team we all play for, it's CNN as an organization. This news operation, so much bigger than any single person. And so the news goes on, but now without the top executive. Yeah, keep reporting the news. That's what he would say. Yeah, she looks uh, <laughs> thrilled there. There's a couple edits put in there, to be yeah. fair, be cutting around some zoom-ins and stuff. It was on Drew Hernandez's feed. But uh, outside of her reaction, you hear Stealthy, a pioneer, Jeff Zucker. He's a rock. Rock for the network. This guy has a show hilariously titled Reliable Sources, Brian Stelter. You are Jeff Zucker's buddy and you have been for a long time. It's the reason you have a job. You have a show called Reliable Sources and your sources weren't reliable enough to tell you about one of these relationships that was happening right into your nose. I would seriously dispute the title of that show as Reliable Sources. And then Brian Stelter wonders openly and out loud. Why nobody trusts CNN and tunes into places like Joe Rogan and the Dan Bongino show to get their information. As you showed in the beginning, as we showed and demonstrated, I always bring the receipts and improve and write in the end. Not always, but most of the time, especially when it comes to the big topic. Brian Stelter is always, always on the wrong side of right. Don't waste your time with these gatekeepers, folks. Clowns. <laughs> that clip made me laugh when I saw it. Hey, uh, moving on. Yesterday we had discussed the prevalence of damaging political narratives, how the most damaging political narratives are the ones that change your pre-existing notion of who someone, a party or candidate or a group of people are, right? We don't need to relitigate that, but just quickly, if you have a guy who you believe is a, a loyal, faithful, you know, Christian, and you find out later as a politician, he was, you know, attending raves, smoking weed and sleeping around with a bunch of women, then yeah, it's going to do damage to their political reputation. If the guy was known as a playboy in advance and you find out about that, it may not be the best story, but is it going to do any damage? Probably not. One of, the, uh, one of the reasons the Democrat Party right now is looking at an electoral apocalypse in 2022 is because they keep pumping down people's gullets, this idea that they're in it for the little guy, they're the support network for the little guy, we're for the working man, the Democrats, and yet the working men and women who live in these deep blue cities are finding themselves being robbed they're finding their wages going down. Their cars are being stolen. They're watching their neighbors complain about crime on the subways. So you being in it for the little guy certainly doesn't look like you're in it for the little guy because the people who live up at Central Park West and down in exclusive areas in Georgetown may be seeing a spike in crime too, but not the spike they're seeing in poor areas. So kind of weird to make the case how you're in it for the little guy when the little guy is the one getting kicked right in the cojones with this crime wave. That is one of the reasons this narrative of crime and the explosion in crime has been so damaging to the Democrats. Now, there are some Democrats waking up to this. One, I saw this in Politico playbook uh, this morning. 
Ed, the, they send out this email in the morning. It's a lefty site, folks, but it's, it's actually not bad for finding out what lefty nuts, especially Politico, are talking about. I'm surprised they don't ban me from their list. <clears throat> this went out on Playbook this morning. Pretty much all the D.C. players read this stuff. It turns out this guy, uh, Roy Teixeira, that he was a Democrat warning, warning the Democrats a long time ago. I don't know if he's a Democrat or not, but some kind of pollster and consultant. He was saying, listen, this defund the police thing is stupid. Don't do it. Now this guy, there's some Democrats, some, not all, some are still nuts, are starting to say, hey, maybe we should have listened to this guy. Remember, the crime issue hits everybody in their own cojones right at their table, kicks them right in the nads, right? Hard to make the case. You're in it for the little guy when the little guy's getting robbed. Here's what Teixeira told them. He said, I initially dismissed as simply an artifact of the COVID shutdown uh, that he wrote last summer that was being vastly exaggerated by Fox and their like for nefarious purposes. It's now apparent that this spike in violent uh, crime is quite real and the voters are very, very concerned about it. According to recent data from the Democrat-oriented Navigator Research, more Americans overall, including independents and Hispanics, now believe violent crime is a major crisis than believe that the coronavirus pandemic or another area of concern is. Moreover, majorities of even Democrats now believe violent crime is a major crisis and concerns are sky high amongst black voters. 70% say it's a major crisis. Folks, can't tell you enough. That is why this is such a damaging narrative. It is changing the perception amongst Democrat voters that the people they voted in charge care about their everyday working lives. But here's number two. The reason this has done significant damage to the Democrat Party, and you're seeing a, a, a huge diminution in support for them. I said last night on Jesse Waters' show, where I'll be doing a regular Wednesday, Wednesday night appearance at 7 o'clock if you'd like to check it out, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Folks, kitchen table issues, that old adage in politics that all politics are local is an old adage because it's, it's, it's based in fact. Politics that are local and hit people where it hurts in their homes, local, are the politics that really matter. You can talk about the environment, taxes and crime all you want until people start losing money, until they get mugged, and until environmental policies cost them double or triple their gas bill every month. Nobody seems to care until it's local. Think about this. What is the most local issue possible? Crime. You get mugged outside your house, ladies and gentlemen. Not only is it local, it's right in your freaking house. That's why this crime narrative is so damaging to the left. The Washington Examiner has a piece on this today. Be in my newsletter. Biden's doomed election plan downplay crime maybe they should listen to that to share a guy they say quote after all the massive spike in crime actually affects regular people who watch cable news and everyone else for that matter keep in mind as i read on it, yes all politics are local meanwhile although all of the networks including fox have rightly covered the ukraine russia crisis it's far less relevant to most people's lives than say gas prices or the domestic crime wave thank you thank you Thank you. Told you. Inflation, gas prices, crime, local. Your wallet, your safety, your ability to get around in your car without going broke. Of course, those are the issues that are going to matter most. Of course. All politics are local. Democrats seem to have forgotten that lesson. Maybe you should hire this to share a guy to start talking to the White House that wants to downplay crime. How are you going to downplay crime? You come in with a bloody nose because you just got punched in the face when they stole your iPhone. And Joe Biden's telling you, that's not happening. Really? Tell my bloody nose that. All right, moving on. Hey, by the way, one quick note. Uh, don't forget to check out my show this weekend on Fox, uh, Unfiltered, 9 p.m., our new time, Saturday night. Uh, we're going to be doing a segment with Raymond Arroyo, uh, who is very excited to come on and talk about this topic about uh, is the Pope a socialist? Very disturbing information. Also, we've got a true crime segment on Michael Avenatti. Haven't heard from him in a while. And my opening uh, monologue, we're going to have a good guest for that. 
I uh, just launch into Democrats for their so-called campaign against misinformation, showing you exactly how they are the purveyors of this. Don't miss an unfiltered uh, Saturday night at nine. All right, folks, we are living right now through a generational embarrassment. Um, we are. I, I would make the strong case here to you that when sane history looks back without Democrat colored glasses on on the time we're living in now, this will be uh, very embarrassing. Uh, this will be up there, Joe, with bell bottoms and other things we've done where we look back and went, what the hell were we thinking? Mm -hmm. That didn't make a lot of sense. It'll be up there with new Coke and the Pinto as historical mistakes where you ask yourself what my dad had a Pinto. It's a car, by the way. Joe knows what we're talking about. It was a terrible car. Yeah, I'm getting at. People look back now, new Coke and other stuff like that and the bell bottom and everything. I'm sure there's a bell bottom fan out there still. And they're like, what could we possibly have been thinking? Those were really dumb ideas. Well, that's happening a lot right now. Um, here's one of them. I want to play this audio. This is uh, audio alleged to be of an assistant principal in Loudoun County in an elementary school on a phone call who's apparently making the case that if the kids go to school without a mask, which they are allowed to do pursuant to the new governor, Glenn Youngkin, Republicans' orders, that the parents will control who wears a mask and who doesn't, that if they show up to school without a mask, which is perfectly legal for them to do, that, folks, please keep in mind this is an elementary school, that there will be prosecutions or arrests for trespassing? <laughs> wait, wait. Is that the first preemptive strike, Muttley, we've ever seen? Joe hasn't even heard it yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's I'm yeah. cheating. Joe's heard it a little bit. Yeah, I've never seen this before. Yeah. This is the first preemptive strike. Okay. This is like pulling out the relief pitcher before the <laughs> yes. game even starts and the starter throws one pitch. That's okay. I'm a, Joe, has, Joe has editorial control of the Muttley. He <laughs> thinks this is so ridiculous, it gets a preemptive Muttley. You will too. Yeah. Gee says this one deserves to. Here you go. Um, you'll be prosecuted for trespassing in elementary school if you show up without a mat. Check this out. Until you arrive, your children will be held in an in-school restriction situation here at school. Um, it is important that I point out to you, it's stated in the letter that she'll receive, but it's important that I point out to you that they are not allowed on campus or on Loudoun County Public School property. Um, starting tomorrow, it will be considered trespassing. So it's important that I make that statement to you. Uh, but we'll look forward to hearing from you uh, via phone so you can let us know when so you'll how, be able how to long can up. How long can they be suspended for? The guidelines that we're receiving from the county is student suspensions will end as soon as they are fully following mitigation policies. Truly, dude. Truly, see, it did deserve that monthly. You now you yeah, know. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. it did. No, your discretion was perfectly appropriate in that case. I'm glad we Sir. allowed you uh, the monthly discretion. You are the uh, master of the monthly. Uh, again, when we look back in 30 or 40 years, when the <clears throat> glasses come off and we're allowed to look at it through these more sober eyes in reverse of history. We will look back on this time and say, how were we alive at the time? I mean, people are going to say, Grandpa Dan, how are you alive if I'm alive 30 years from now with such idiots at the time? Be like, yes, son, it was disturbing. There was a lot of oxygen thieves out there stealing oxygen from other people. So just to be clear, you dare send your kids to school without a face diaper on with no uh, strong, randomly controlled trial evidence that these masks do a darn thing to stop the transmission of COVID. You're better off opening the windows and letting the school air out, right? You throw that mask on your kid, that saliva-soaked face diaper on your kids. Uh, because, of course, the leaders leading from the front, they wear it all the time, and they're proper examples. Uh, of course not. Uh, they're not at all. Here's a deadline story, which uh, you... <laughs> this is not a joke. Deadline. So remember the L.A. mayor, Eric Garcetti, who was uh, photographed with Magic Johnson, former basketball star, at the L.A. Rams game this past weekend, photographed without his mask on? Well, he's got an excuse, folks. He says, uh, don't worry. I took the picture without my mask because I held my breath <laughs> while taking the... What? What? <laughs> Even... <laughs> this is... 
I don't even know what to say. And the guy, so just to be clear, he held, do you believe this? Do you believe, uh, tell me again, you're not going to sit back. You're not going to have your grandson or your granddaughter next to you. You're watching a ball game, whatever, on the couch, eating some popcorn. Hey, granddad. Hey, grandpa. Hey, abuelo. Hey, buddy. Whatever you call, whatever. Hey, pop, however it works out. Were you alive with those idiots who said they held their breath without masks on when they didn't wear masks, when they wanted kids to wear masks in elementary school and threatened to arrest them for trespassing? Were you alive? And grandpa's going to go, son. Don't remind me, please. It brings back a lot of psychological trauma, the <laughs> stupidity we had to live with for three years. This is happening. Yeah. We're alive right now with the dumbest generation in human history. Amazing, the portfolio of information at your fingertip or a phone and a computer, and we're alive with these idiots right now. All right, let me get to my next spot. Um, and then here's what I got coming up. I thought the Democrats were worried about gerrymandering, the carving up of congressional districts. Remember that was their big thing? Eric Holder? Obama's uh, disgraced former attorney general has made has made a big, huge national deal about this. I thought they were. Let me wait till I show you one of the maps coming out of New York. And you tell me if this looks like a contiguous neighborhood or a contiguous congressional district, because it's in New York and benefits Jerry Nadler, hack Democrat. Nobody seems to care about uh, gerrymandering. And I want to discuss one final piece, too, about this hygiene hypothesis. Are we too clean? Don't laugh. It's a serious thing. Are we too clean? And is it hurting our immune system? Something I've been concerned about a long time. I had allergies growing up pretty bad. Okay. Remember the Democrats' big issue, gerrymandering. The Republicans are carving up congressional districts around the country to benefit them. This is really weird because when this stuff happens in blue states like Joe's state of Maryland, where the district I ran in was carved up to death and is oh. now being carved again to benefit Democrats even more. Just so you know, the state of Maryland used to have four Republicans and four Democrats. It's, this was a while ago, decades ago. Its latest Democratic uh, gerrymandered map in the state of Maryland that uh, passed looks like it's going to be 7-1. Now, up in New York, which is uh, turning into a state to the left of Lenin, they have a gerrymandered map, too, where they want to cut the number of uh, Republican congressmen down from, I believe, what is it, eight to four themselves. I think they have 26 members uh, of, the, of uh, the House of Representatives in New York. I want you to take a look at this article in this Wall Street Journal. Uh, it's not spelled wrong. New York's Democratic gerrymander. They changed the uh, G to a J because it's been done, this gerrymander, to benefit Jerry Nadler. I want you to look at this map. And I want you to tell me that is... Now, for those of you familiar with New York City and the five boroughs, that looks like the uh, west side of Manhattan carved into and across the bridge, over into specific areas of Brooklyn, down into South Brooklyn and West Brooklyn as well, um, all in an effort to carve up the district to benefit Jerry Nadler and try to hurt Nicole Malliotakis, who's a Republican. I thought they were concerned about gerrymandering. What the hell is that? Does that look like a one contiguous neighborhood to you or a group of voters? The answer is, of course not. The Democrats don't give a damn about gerrymandering. The Democrats only care about gerrymandering when gerrymandering benefits them. Now, why are they carving up this map this way? Because the Democrats have a very serious problem. Democrats coalesce in big cities. They live in apartment buildings in Central Park West with hundreds of voters in them. It's hard to carve up the apartment building. What are you going to do? Put the top 10 floors in one district and the bottom 10 in the other? It doesn't work that way. Because they are the Democrats have put themselves in very isolated city areas, right? I don't mean isolated city areas. They've isolated themselves politically in these city areas. It's very hard to carve them up. That's why they have to jump bridges and go into different boroughs like this. Because what happens? By concentrating themselves in big cities like San Francisco and New York, Democrats have this, uh, this wasted vote they call phenomenon. If you are a person in office, you do not, you do not want to win congressional elections mathematically, by more than 51%. Why, Dan? That's crazy. We want to win with 80%. No, you don't. Because, folks, you win with 51% or 80%. Why waste 29% more of the vote? If you could move the 29% more of the vote into another district where you're losing and make that competitive. Both parties do it. Buyer beware. 
I'm not sitting here telling you the Republican Party doesn't gerrymander. Both parties. The point, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I really don't mean to talk down to anyone in the audience. I don't mean to be condescending. But there are some liberals listening. You don't want 80% of the vote. You just wasted 29%. You only need 51. You want districts where you can win by the minimal amount so that other voters can be put into other districts where it's competitive. The problem I have with this is the Democrats only complain about Republican states, Texas, North Carolina, or red-leaning states where they don't like the gerrymander. But when it comes to maps like this in Maryland and New York, Eric Holder doesn't say anything, meaning it's not about the gerrymander at all. If it was, he'd complain about New York. It's that he doesn't like that Republicans do the same thing. The Agino. Yeah, good point. The Agino. That's right. Our attorney general in name only, Merrick Garland, investigating Texas and their gerrymander. You think he's going to look into New York? Good point. Uh, here's the short answer. Hell to the F. No, he's not. Here, let me end with this story. It's a good one because this is concerning. I grew up with allergies, pretty horrendous allergies. I had to go to an allergy doctor. You know, you get the injections of all the stuff. See what you're allergic to. Real pain in the butt. I hated it because I hate injections. I can't stand them. I always told you about my fear of giving blood. It drives me nuts, right? <clears throat> Not giving blood, but having blood taken. Well, this allergy thing, uh, a long time ago, I started doing some research into this hygiene hypothesis. Ladies and gentlemen, I ask you the question as this Wall Street Journal article by Aaron Bendevid titled COVID and the hygiene hypothesis. Are we too clean? Are we like washing some beneficial bacteria off our bodies too often so that our immune systems can't properly tune themselves to what are threats and what aren't, which is causing an overactive immune system and maybe this epidemic and allergies? Interesting. From the piece, she says, you know, allergy and autoimmune diseases are far less common in communities with less hygiene. And autoimmune disorders increase in children who migrate from areas with less emphasis on hygiene to areas with more. They're less common in agricultural communities where exposure to dirt and animals is common, compared with neighboring communities with shared genetics but little farming. Children who attend daycare early in life, i.e. spreading their germs around, have less asthma and fewer allergies. Are we too clean? The reason I ask you this, and I'd like you to look at this article yourself, the evidence seems to indicate we are. But I ask you for a very important reason. We have been getting out the bleach spray for the last two and a half years now and spraying down every single surface someone goes near because we're afraid of getting uh, coronavirus from fomites which has turned out to be a discredited conspiracy theory. You think we're going to have a severe outburst in the next coming decade of asthma and other things because of us cleaning and sanitizing every single thing human beings touch? I don't know. I guess we'll find out the hard way, won't we? But let me tell you something. As someone who grew up with allergies, allergies, it's pretty awful. You ever feel like you have a cold? You want to feel like that every single day throughout uh, pollen season? That's what growing up with asthma and allergies feels like. I had it. Horrible. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Again, small favor to ask. Forgive me, but uh, really need your support. I'm not sure how long we'll be available on other platforms. I'm not. All I'm asking you to do is please go to Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino, and click the subscribe button. It's free. It's of no cost to you, but you will always have my podcast there in case the tech tyrants try to wipe me off the internet. It's important. I need to be able to speak to you. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. See you on the radio show a little later. Take care. You just heard Dan Bongino.